0: What's going on everyone? Welcome to episode 6 of the podcast. In today's episode, we sit down and have a chat with Tina. She's one of the OG members of the Deer Pack community and is also the senior moderator over at Children of Yu-Gi-Oh!. You know the drill, we talk about pets, we talk about food, and we talk about how we fell into Web3. We discuss what it's like jumping into the space with both feet and why she plans to stick around for a long, long time. We talk about cute investment thesis and how she found her way to the Deer Pack many months ago. Sit back and enjoy as we continue to build the bridge between Web 2 and Web 3 by learning more about the people behind the pixels. I hope you enjoyed the episode. Now let's jump right into it. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Uh, Cast. In today's episode, we're excited to talk to Tina. She's been a vital part of the Deer Pack community since as far back as I can remember, probably Early days, February, maybe even earlier than that. I can't remember. I honestly don't know how she found us, but you know we've been very grateful for the meme lord <laughs> that Tina is, and the and the twenty four seven support person in our in our Discord. And just as recently, this past week, helping one of our fellow Deer Packers that got hacked. So all around utility, we don't even pay her, so how lucky are we? You,
1: you pay me <laughs> an attention and redacted. Anyways. Yeah, we've
0: got, <laughs> we've got the secret, um, the secret uh, weapon with Tina, so uh, if you want to learn more about what that is, you'll have to come join us in the Discord to find out. Um, well, we have a history here, a tradition of asking two very, very important questions.
1: Oh, you already know um, the answers. I already know the answer to
0: one of them. <laughs> But uh, for those of you that don't know, uh, let's start with the more controversial one. Are you a a cat, a dog, or other person? This,
1: I, I don't even think it's controversial. Um, we're all dog people here is what I heard. At least that's what I see in the deer pack chat anyway. So I'm a huge dog person. Joey knows this, and anyone that's been in the Discord for like two seconds will find out. Because I plastered kimchi's picture everywhere.
0: <laughs> yeah, let's talk about kimchi. Because <laughs> uh, do you remember when you first joined our, our Discord? It was like
1: yesterday. And
0: you so, <laughs> you so expeditiously posted your pet tax. For those of you that don't know, new people that join the Discord, we harass them until they shower us with pictures of their pets and pictures of food. Because we all know that 99% of people's phones are used for those two things and those two things alone.
1: It's true. Those were those were the first two things I was asked for. It's like, "Oh, go here for pet tax, go here for food tax." And I was like, "Well, that's weird. Hello, but all right, I can do that."
0: And, you know, next thing I know, she's posting a picture of this beautiful dog and she says, "Her name is Kimchi and her brother's name is Kalbi." <laughs> so, I'm thinking there's a fellow Korean in the in the Discord and lo and behold, the first ever point of deception is that tina is not korean
1: i am not i'm not korean i'm actually vietnamese but i just thought that the names you know kimchi and calorie they go they go together really well i love korean culture and i love (laughs) korean food so if you next go over to my food tax you can see a lot of kimchi in it as well so you know kimchi in pet tax and then kimchi (laughs) also in food tax
0: yeah that actually goes really well into our next traditional question which is, you know, if you had one last perfect meal, um, what would it be?
1: This is hard because because I love food. I think I'm going to do like a cop-out answer. I think I would want to have omakase. So just an endless omakase where the chef just constantly puts new tiny dishes in front of me. And then if I like, until i explode but if i like any of them they'll make another one because usually they don't do that at omakases. they're like no no just one tiny spoonful of this is all you get and then they move you right on to the next one and then afterwards i would have a oreo mcflurry
0: Uh, oreo mcflurry so you go from something ultra fancy and then you go to like the least fancy thing in existence so i I love the dichotomy
1: i think it i think it reminds me of home it's just oreo mcflurries are the best
0: yeah where is home what part of the country are you from
1: home would be i guess florida um granted i was born in a different state but practically grew up in florida
0: okay so you're in florida now too
1: yes still trapped here but yes still in florida
0: okay do you like it
1: it's not bad But I wouldn't recommend anybody else to come.
0: (laughs) There's a lot of people that have moved there in the last 24 months, so I don't blame you. At least you were there before it became trendy and hip, so you got that going for you.
1: Yeah, luckily I live in a smaller college town, so we still kind of have this small town feel. But a lot of big companies are slowly building around the area, so we're starting to get like some high-rise apartments They're knocking down, like, my favorite Indian restaurant. They're building an apartment on top of it. So I'm kind of in the middle of that transition. So I guess my town is a little bit losing its charm, unfortunately. Yeah. But it's okay. In a couple years, it'll be time to move on.
0: That's right. Uh, You know, consider it just like a a chapter of life, and then you'll find a new home that uh, you can grow to love in the same ways. Um, you know, so part of the reason why we do this podcast is so we can get to know people on a more personal level. Now, obviously a 30 minute to an hour long, um, podcast episode isn't enough to really, um, get to know everything about somebody, but I think web three is so impersonal in a lot of ways. And so, you know, love to learn how you even got into the world of NFTs in the first place.
1: Um, I guess it goes back to, like, cryptocurrency, right? Because that's how it, it all starts. But learned about crypto back in, like, I want to say, like, 2013, 2012, when Coinbase had just become a thing, and they were actually giving all students free Bitcoin. So they are like, sign up with your at edu email address, and you'll get, what was it, like, 0.0. 0.001 Bitcoin, or like if you invite people, you'll get another 0.001 Bitcoin. You can just keep doing it. I was like, oh yeah, free money. It's like $10. It sounds great. Let me do that. So I did that, got some friends to do it. And then jump a couple years ahead, I was like, whoa, this free money is like $700. I'm rich. I'm cashing out. So yeah, definitely cashed out way too early because now it would have been like, a nice couple grand if I had just waited a little bit more, but didn't want to quite miss that boat again. So learn about NFTs because who could miss all the new stuff about, look at this 8-bit picture. It's selling for like $10,000. Look at this monkey photo. It's telling, selling. Look at this guy selling his, his own selfies every single day and like making money. So I was like, well, let me go ask all my friends and see who's doing NFT stuff. And I found a whole two people in my entire network. One of them's like, yeah, I've been trading like 15 hours a day. That's all I do. I'm on here flipping JPEGs for money. And I'm like, okay, yeah, that's cool. That's a little faster than what I'd like to do. Then I talked to someone else. He's like, yeah, I kind of like dabble into it. I bought an Ozuki and that was kind of cool. And I was like, okay, well, that sounds kind of like more of my pace. So anyways... I talked to both of them for a bit and they were just like, just get on Twitter and start joining projects. So I was like, yeah, I'm going to start my, my degening now. Cause that's what they call it. And I'm just going to go say GM to everybody. Cause apparently that's what they do here and it's weird as hell. But now I do that every day. So I guess it's not that weird.
0: <laughs> so how, how long ago was that?
1: How long ago? That was how,
0: what, how, Yeah. Like when did you first get into NFTs? It was
1: like January. <laughs>
0: Wait, wait. So you're so was- a 2022 NFTer?
1: Yeah. So I was like talking to my friends around December. And then like January is when I like bought ETH and made a wallet and stumbled through Twitter and discords and whatnot.
0: You know, you might not agree with me, but that actually might be a better time to get in than when I did. I got in at like the very beginning of the bull rush. So, um, Wild West, everything's moving a million miles an hour. And, uh lost probably a lot of money i don't like to think about it (laughs) um i always joke and say had i not made all those mistakes i would have never found uh you know lebowski and peachy and and the team so uh it all worked out in the end um but yeah you know coming in in january when things are a little bit slower you i think there's less uh fomo so uh, you know it's actually not a bad time for new entrants because i think there was less mistakes to be made at the pace that most people made mistakes back in mid-2021. Imagine how fast it was in 2022 when you first got in and like 3 exit. Oh, God. Yeah, that's how fast it was last year at certain points where the meta would shift overnight. And it would shift like four times in the span of a week.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I got all the messages from my friend who the one that was like trading fifteen hours a day kind of thing, and he was like, sign up for this, come join this Discord, retweet this tweet, and I was like, bro, you're sending me like ten messages like every second. Can you can you just like look at the ones that look real good and just send me like the really good ones? He was like, I don't know what's really good. Sign sign up for everything. Come on. And I was like, oh, that's too much. I, I just I just won't. Is,
0: is that friend still successful, or did he? Uh, overextend himself oh no he he
1: has made a pretty decent fact both of my friends have done like really well in nfts actually so they have been really good. That's good um one of them's pursuing like full-time something something but
0: nice so how did you find the deer pack
1: i think i saw it on twitter i'm pretty sure i just saw a cute deer post and it was like something totally random i commented on i was like oh this is kind of cute you know if i'm gonna like buy a picture I i need to at least like it so i only went for like cute looking stuff so that landed me in the deer pack and then shortly before that i was in rubber duck bath party and i was in like cozy penguins so i was like oh just going for all the cute things if it's cute i'm just gonna join the discord and figure it out and then i did that for all the cute things i could find And then I left all of them because there were too many robots and I couldn't handle just people saying, good morning, how are you? How's the weather? And then just rinse and repeat that for three hours. So at least somebody over in the deer pack discord really liked my Korean dog and humored me enough to keep me there.
0: (laughs) I think uh, the the deer pack had something magical about how it was super organic. We didn't have bots. Uh, We actually have a pretty dry sense of humor, (laughs) and we're pretty old and bitter. Well, I'll speak for myself. And so when someone that's acting like a child comes in, we smother it out pretty quickly. And it's been great because what we've realized is, Bowski and I talk about how if someone comes in and is talking nonsense, our community just ignores it and, and floods it out and doesn't even give it a time of day. And so it never has any like oxygen to grow from smoke to a fire. So we've built up this like resiliency with our core community. And I think one of the special things in the early days was, is Giselle. She's such a welcoming person that I think like anyone new that comes in, she's, she does a great job of embracing them. And then, uh, what our community has that a lot of communities might be missing is the fact that it actually feels like people, not just a transaction or robotic in a lot of ways. Definitely for
1: sure. It's. A lot of groups really like preach organic, right? Organic community building. But I really do feel that in the deer pack. So that's why I enjoy waking up. Literally first thing I do, and Luboski knows this too. because I check Twitter. I like all the tweets and I see what deer pack posts. Is it another Millie? Of course it is. It's adorable. Like, retweet. And then I like go into deer pack discord and see what's going on.
0: There's another Millie on the way. And it's amazing. You're gonna love you're gonna love the next Millie.
1: I, I don't I know love if this every will come Millie. out before the <laughs>
0: Millie comes out. But the next one is the best one so far. Hands my goodness. down. Yeah. So the next the next Millie is amazing. So be on the lookout for that. I just
1: want all the Millie. Uh
0: that's the goal, right? We wanna we want Millie to take over the world. <laughs> um in my former life, one of the big goals of the startup was to uh, create a, a brand around a character and so all the stuff that the deer pack is doing is super exciting uh, to see it come to life uh, uh, obviously it's a different character but the same thoughts and intentions because you know kids rule the world and cute, cute will succeed in NFTs uh, I like to think that if you invest in cute cartoons never die generations change but cartoons stay the same so I, I hope to think that my my portfolio of cuteness will be ones that I can pass on to future generations within the family that it's like generational wealth. <laughs> we'll see. Time will tell.
1: Oh man, we're you're thinking a little too far. I'm hoping my cute portfolio can pass on to, you know, just older myself, but like a little bit in the future.
0: <laughs> that's fair. That's fair too. Uh you know, I think I think that's one thing about NFTs is you need to be responsible, right? It's just like any other investment, um, time in the market is more important than timing in the market. So buy things that you like, buy things that you want to be a part of, and then don't worry so much about short-term price action, because if you truly believe in the group that's building, it takes time. Everyone talks about these things as like very insignificant, quote-unquote, projects, but you should be thinking about these as startups, and you're investing in the future of a startup and startups don't become billion dollar brands and companies overnight. It takes five, 10, 15 years for that to happen. So um, if you enjoy the atmosphere that you're a part of, you know, consider it a long-term investment, just like it would be, uh, a, you know, something else that you'd invest in over the long term, uh, But instead of, you know, traditional like returns, You you have a more cute asset to look at and trade and play with and and
1: talk about. Yeah, NFTs feel feel kind of like a more entertaining stock market. So I mean, before Mm -hmm. trying to like invest in stuff like that, you can buy like a share of Apple and when they do something cool and the stock price comes up, you're like, Ooh, money. You have like the share of Apple, but I don't know, there's a little bit more of a human aspect or an interacting with nfts because it's not just buying a share of deer pack essentially right so it's like yeah i have this really cute fun nft but i also get to go in here and i get to talk to sally and like talk to peachy talk to leboski talk to runes talk to Joey, like every day right and that is like more valuable sometimes than what my stock portfolio can give me because i've you know, Just meeting people is is the best part.
0: Yeah, I, mean, I think uh, the older I get, I'm in my mid-30s now, the more I see the value in network. And when I think about the people that are in the deer pack, we don't really promote it or shill it, but there's some really cool people in our community. And as we get to know each other better as individuals, you know, doing actual meetups and whatnot i am excited about the collaboration and the partnerships that people will form over time because you know money can fade assets can fade physical um things that you own can break and disappear but what you can always rely on is your personal network in in the professional setting but also in the personal setting so uh I would say we have a, a very strong core of individuals. And I think over time that community will continue to grow because as comp- as, um, as these projects come and go and they're flashes in the pan, I mean, DeerPacks existed for almost a year now um, without even having a mint <laughs> done. And we've produced so much already. I, I mean, we've already had brand partnerships with major brands. And we're going to do so much more in the future that over time, we're just going to you know, come out of nowhere and surprise a lot of people. Um, and we're excited to have everyone come along on that journey with us.
1: In the same area as like the network thing, I think there's a lot of sleeping giants in these NFT communities. So most of the times you meet people, it's on a very superficial level and you don't really know what they do day to day. But slowly from trying to build up another community, I've learned about people's like Web2 lives, right? And there's plenty of folks in here that like own merchandise company, they're CEO of something, they're this like crazy web developer, and they're just in here also Mm -hmm. looking at the same silly pictures that you're looking at. and in that one moment, like everyone's on that same playing field. And I don't know where else you can go to have that opportunity to network with someone that's built like a multimillion dollar company. And now they're just kind of in here because it's the new technology. and They want to see what it's about.
0: You know, my, my normie friends ask me why I do Web3. And I'd say 90% of them don't even know what Web3 still is. <laughs> and, you know, I haven't had the conversation with them because... They're so judgmental in a good way. I I think healthy skepticism is important. Uh, It's actually what reinforces that I'm in the right space at the right time. Because if everyone was already on board with it, the the ship has already come and gone. That's fair. Uh, But what I think Web3 does a phenomenal job of, it's like a beacon for people that are highly motivated, um, bored, but also want to, uh, you know, have less pressure. You know, you can be someone that's ultra successful in web two and web one, come into web three and just be anonymous and just let your hair down. Don't have to worry about being on and can just kind of be a part of something without having any pressure on you. And so, yeah, I think in these communities, there's a lot of ultra successful people in their day jobs that just want to have a little bit of a, a reprieve from their day-to-day life and so web 3 is kind of their oasis their outlet for that so it is really cool to think about what's going on there and i think as more and more comfort is built out the more likely it is that people bring their web 2 skills into web 3 uh, right now i think there's still hesitation because the web 3 world is pretty uh aggressive towards saying they don't want any of that web two stuff in web three, even though the dirty little secret is if you want to be successful in web three, you need to onboard web two. So get over it. If you're, if you're one of those hardcore people that don't really understand how the world works,
1: it still feels pretty like wild west out here though. So
0: yeah, I I can
1: understand like both sentiments on that.
0: Yeah. You know, I think, um, the truth is always somewhere in the middle. Um, lebowski and i have talked about this before i think for web 3 to succeed there needs to be a lot of um makeup that gets put on web 3 to look and feel like web 2 uh and then you can wipe the makeup off later but you can't just expect 99 percent of society to understand what a seed phrase is (laughs) and you know not lose their seed phrase or get hacked uh It's just not physically possible, in my opinion. So, uh, you know, someone's out there is creatively figuring out a way to bridge that gap. And until that happens, I don't think we see mainstream adoption uh, anytime soon.
1: I think the closest thing I've seen to getting someone to do like mainstream adoption is that they allow people to buy an NFT with a credit card no not even allowed they the only option to buy this nft was with a credit card and then you set up a wallet and then they send the nft to your wallet and that was actually the very first nft that i ever bought was because it was so easy i was like i don't need i don't even need to think about how do i buy ETH, how do i get it into my wallet how do i need to sign this you know like that signing thing with all the warnings from like my two friends that Like came before me, I guess. I was like, "Oh man, signing Mm -hmm. is like the thing, right?" Like I could be losing all my marbles right now, but I think that was the easiest one—just buying with a credit card, and then they kind of handled the transfer, and then I figured it out afterwards.
0: (laughs) To be honest, I spent like four months understanding how to not get scammed before I felt comfortable in this space. Four months—who in normal society has four months to invest in researching? (laughs) <laughs> Something before they, yeah, you know, it, it's not possible. So if there's someone out there listening, I truly believe there's going to be a company that comes on the scene that becomes like a custodian, uh, creates the interface where I create my MetaMask, they take on all the liability, and, but all they do is have like a, a password and a two-factor authentication, and then they verify anything that is like an approval that's um, shady. And so they take on the risk, but then they make sure that I can't...
1: You can't do it yourself. Screw myself (laughs) over.
0: Yeah, yeah. They add in that layer of protection that I think traditional Web 2 currently has, but they do it for Web 3 as an interface. And I I legitimately think there, there needs to be something like that for the masses to come on board. Because let's be honest, people get scammed pretty easily today in the traditional world. It's so much easier to get scammed with much higher consequences in the in the blockchain world so um it's way more complex
1: so so you everyone everyone kind of like measures it this way and they're like oh there's much more to risk in this like web three world but because i work in it and i see it every day the amount of stuff that people risk in their web 2 jobs is just as high they just have no idea that it's out there right and because in web 2 there's like what billions and trillions of folks doing it which in web 3 much smaller scale so it's like if one percent is getting hacked in web 3 it's like a really big deal because you you see all of their twitter posts and they're angry and they're vocal about it but if that same amount is getting hacked over in like web 2 you don't really hear about it they just yeah. kind of like oh cry right because i had a person that she lost like $1,000 in one night because she called a scam line and then they like transferred money out of her bank account. And I had to help her recoup that and come back from that. So that happens every day in Web2. Scams and stuff, like that's never going to go away. I think education is probably where I would push it. It's just more education, more vetting, definitely two-factor I don't know why there's no two-factor already
0: I think it's because this space is predominantly dominated by tech people and they don't see the benefit of two-factor because everyone in this space right now holds themselves accountable or they they feel like they hold themselves accountable to not get scammed right and that's why when you see some twitter thread about I don't know how it happened I didn't do anything that leads me to believe I got social engineered but 99 out of 100 times they got social oh, for engineered sure hundred uh, percent. But they don't want to admit it because they're supposed to be someone that's smarter than that. Right. But you know, where I'll, where I'll play the counter to what you just said about like more education, there's no incentive right now for people to educate better because there's not, there's no money to be made by educating people. Like it's you're wasting your time on people when the community is so small. Now, if you flip the script and say, let's say the masses are on board, there is money to be made if there are, hundreds of millions of people doing the stuff that they do. Why do credit card companies just auto reimburse a lot of fraud claims? Because it's cheaper for them to just give you back that $100 for a fraud claim than it is to actually hunt down the people that did it, Yeah, right? Because they have so many people (laughs) on their platform. So it's like, if we get to a point where 99% of society is actually using blockchain, then at that point, it becomes that the... The re- the script is reversed and there's a monetary incentive for the big players to come in and you know swallow the pride. I could see a world 10 years from now where a, B- a bored ape gets stolen, but there's insurance for NFTs and the insurance company just pays it out and says, oh, you got scammed. We'll go after that scammer and lock their assets. But in the meantime, here's 90% of your NFTs worth. Uh, sorry for your loss, and we'll go get the rest of the 10% when we get that asset back from the scammer, right? I see traditional Web 2 processes and products in Web 3, but for that to happen, there needs to be more Trojan horsing of Web 2 types of um, look and feel, you know, Web (laughs) 2.5. um so i think like
1: that's a good one web (laughs) 2.5
0: yeah you know as i i do investing in my day job and i'm looking for companies because we can't you know i can't do like hardcore blockchain but i'm looking for companies that if they in the future decide that they want to pivot into web3 they've got a really strong pathway into there those are really exciting for us so web2 companies that are tech savvy. And then one day they can turn the lights on and say, we also can do stuff in Web3 with more funding and more time and more resources. So
1: what kind of category do you consider that? Like there's plenty of tech startups and tech companies, but what sets them up that makes you think like, oh, they can pivot into Web3?
0: They understand the value of community. They understand the value of brand. They understand the value of empowering customers. I think those companies have a really strong shot of being traditional Web2 companies that then flip into Web3. Because Web3 is giving utility to the end user. And arguably, if you have a really loyal base of customers, you can weather any economic downturn. You can weather any type of, um, uh, you know, a black swan event in your, in your field, in your vertical. Because at the end of the day, the strongest brands survive, right? We're in a recession now. Arguably, we're going to see a bunch of companies get extinguished. And the companies that you see survive are going to be the ones that have the best brand loyalty. You know, Apple will be fine. Apple will come out of this recession stronger than they've ever been. Because every time there's a recession, it further strengthens their foothold in the tech sector. Because there's a bunch of small startups that get flamed out. There's a bunch of mid-sized companies that also get flamed out. And then Apple's like, well, I guess we're the only ones left still, right? Same with Google, same with same with Uber, same with whoever it is that's that's first in line with the biggest brand loyals, loyal followers, right?
1: Oh, for sure. I see. I see all the big dogs. It's not that those groups got extinguished and they just like disappear. It's more of like they're on like a little life raft, and then the Google walks in. It's like, hey, don't worry. You can you can go join us over over at Alphabet. How about you just become one of our our new products? And then that's how they're really building their their space here
0: yeah and i think uh web3 has an opportunity to disrupt but you know at the same time it's still such a small portion of the ecosystem i look forward to seeing the day where like all of our friends have some form of blockchain footprint in in their in their day-to-day life um i think in the healthcare sector everything should be on the blockchain my medical records like my my history it should all be um in my control and I should be able to monetize that to drug companies and device companies. Let's say I have a certain set of traits that someone wants to do um, machine learning and AI type of algorithms to see like, how would this drug uh, you know, react on a computer simulation with Adam's traits, right? I should be able to sell them my data set. They should be able to use that data to get to um, clinical breakthroughs faster and then they should be able to then take that data and then get to market faster. And if they get to market, then anyone that put their data into that into that um, progress should get a royalty, right? You know, if it, imagine the types of breakthroughs if eight billion people had access to monetize their health records, as opposed to right now, which is they're already getting monetized but seeing none of the reward. Right.
1: It's a very it's a very ideal situation that you think those big companies one day are just going to be like, you know what, Adam, you can get your traits. Go ahead and grab them from us.
0: And it's and it's not about giving them the option to say yes. It's about making it the most financially um, it's about making it the most logical path forward for them, because, you know, there's a world where you go and find a thousand patients and get them to sign traditional documents to be a part of a clinical trial. There's also a world on the blockchain where there's 10 million people that you can just opt into this like a computer generated model and get the same results. 10 million computer generated scenarios versus a thousand real people. And the 10 million might be cheaper than getting a thousand actual humans to do it. And then at that point it becomes a no brainer. It's gonna cost us 10 times less. We're going to get 10 times or 100 times or 1,000 times more data sets, and we're going to get to market faster. So yeah, we have to pay a royalty out, but it costs us a billion dollars less to get to market, right? And so that's where blockchain has an ability to push the envelope on what traditional models look like, especially when it comes to like marketing data, like what you and I talk about, search on Google. We should own that, and we should be able to sell it, right? And yet right now, we don't. And it's it's silly to me. Uh, I can talk about something, and tonight my my Instagram feed will be exactly what I was talking about. Oh, for about, sure, that's right?
1: happened to me so many times too. And,
0: <laughs> yeah, last week I was talking about um, plasma donation, and then all of a sudden that night I'm getting ads on my Instagram about donating plasma. I was like, oh okay, uh, cool. that that's that's is you know
1: hilarious. Um, scary hilarious and sad like all in one stroke but that happens to me too i had a friend come over and i was just talking to her about pottery because i started pottery classes and then she like leaves moves to texas opens up her phone and there's an ad for a local pottery class in texas and i was like this is this is too much
0: honestly someone should create a safe box where you put your phone in (laughs) and it can't hear you it can't record you and it scrambles everything and like uh, it's plugged into the internet so you can still get messages and stuff, but it's basically like a, it's like a one-way box. One-way <laughs> like everyone should have that on their desk. Yeah. Everyone should have that on their desk. So phone calls can come in and texts can come in, but the phone can't actually do anything else. It can't listen to you. It can't record you. Cause like, I feel like there's so much stuff that's just happening that's shady, uh, that tech companies are doing and you don't even know you're opted into.
1: Yeah. I'm on the, uh, the other side of that coin. So yes, it's shady, yes, I don't think they should be doing it. But man, I'm really happy when Amazon recommends me the thing that I want to buy. Because like, dang, at the point, if Amazon could just ship it straight to my door, that'd be real convenient. It's Like, man, I really wanted to redo my whole desk today. Can Amazon just ship me the, the exact brackets of the monitors that I bought three years ago? That would be excellent. And I know it's real bad to just let a company do that. But I kind of really enjoy the convenience factor. I'm like I'm talking to you here. There's Look, a Google Home like right in front of me, and there's one in the kitchen. So I can't buy three boxes.
0: <laughs> I'll be the first to admit I use GPS anywhere I go. So I'm always on the grid. I also don't mind the idea of what you just said. I just think that it should be transparent. It should, you should know that it's happening and you should be able to opt into it easily. Right. Right. But right now, if you want to turn, if you want to turn your life into something that's more private, it would be like a six months long course, a masterclass on like going to all the different things that you're plugged into and tapped into and figure out what you want to consent to and not consent to just to get to a point where you feel like there's a baseline level of privacy in your life that you should just fundamentally have access to as a baseline right now it's the inverse
1: opt into everything and then if you really want to opt out then we'll try to help you get to that point they don't even help actually you'll just have to figure it out i agree
0: your world is so crazy like i can only imagine the stuff of the kind of stuff that you run into in the it space uh like the horror stories you must see and the patience you must have
1: (laughs) I am told I have a lot of patience, and I think it's definitely needed um, in the IT field because a lot of the people I'm dealing with, because I work at a university, they're professors. So they've been working for like 40 years, right? They're, they're 50s. They're heading into 60s. I work with emeritus faculty, which are folks that have retired, but they're still doing research. So I have, I'm definitely talking to someone's grandfather. You know, being like, hey, yeah, can you click this button in Zoom and then you're going to have to record it? No, don't record it to the computer. You're going to need to record it to the cloud. And I have to explain this to someone who for most of their life, they didn't even have a phone. And a lot of folks don't quite understand that. So the newer generation texts that come in, they go kind of like too fast and too hard. And I think that's kind of similar to Web3. Everyone in the Web3 space is going too fast and too hard. And if they just like slow down a little bit and have a little bit of patience, I think it'd be a lot better.
0: There was a, a cute story on DeerPack Mint. I think his name is like Yankees. He was like, this is my first NFT mint. And I just felt like the Deer Pack was the perfect mint for him because our community wasn't too crazy. Has we have patience with people. We told them to open a ticket and make sure everything went well. We you know, we didn't want their first experience in Web3 to be painful or leave a bad taste. And you know
1: Yeah, I I remember Yankee.
0: Yeah. I don't know if he still has it or not, but uh, you know, he was we were his original mint, his first Sometimes
1: mint. when folks come in like that, I I don't know if they're like trolling or if they're like really serious about this is, I don't know what I'm doing, or is it I I don't know what I'm doing, please try and help me get this for free, because I've seen that a little too much um, running support for another server.
0: Yeah, let's talk about that. You are the community manager, is that what your role is? Um, I guess it's what's more your like what's your
1: title? community mod. Um, definitely signed up as like a, just like a junior mod role, and then slowly gave myself more responsibilities until I Forced them to make me a senior mod, and then now I pretty much manage the community.
0: Uh, well, first of all, shout out the community. What is it called?
1: Oh, it is Children of Ukio. And we minted like a month ago, and it was a free mint, 10K anime collection. And the art's fire and so good. It's done by Carlos, which is our artist. He is a accountant turned tattoo artist turned full-time NFT artists. So that's how that happened. And now he spends all of his time playing V Rising in the server.
0: (laughs) What is V Rising?
1: V Rising is this vampire game some of the community folks have found. So they open a server and two days a week, they just go on there and they play for like four hours nonstop.
0: Okay, okay. And then tell me more about the, about the, the brand, the project. Uh, what's the what's the goal? What's the vision?
1: Gotcha. So what they tried to do is more push the boundaries of art. So in like the least non-technical way, I guess, is that most NFTs are traits slapped on top of each other. Um, so like you draw the eyes, you slap it on the base, draw the hat, slap it on, clothes, slap it on. And there's no like dynamic interaction between them. But what they tried to push the boundaries of is if this is the skin color and there's a horn, then the shadow should be this color or it should fold under this article of clothing. So their main thing is pushing that technology of generating the images. And there's
0: there's rules. rules. There's a lot of
1: rules into it. So that actually was...
0: It's like, it's like genetics.
1: Yeah, it's pretty much like like that. But they pushed the boundaries a little too hard. So our reveal was a little rocky, I'll have to admit. But it's just it required too much computational power. But soon we're going to be releasing kind of like a video on how all that happens. And we'll release kind of like those details and that technology to our community. It's about empowering other folks in the community to potentially do this as well if they want to do their own collection if they want. And a lot of IP rights. So the folks have full IP rights. Eventually when the sanctuary opens, it's kind of like our staking platform, but we're doing passive staking. So as long as it's not listed, they'll accumulate the points. They don't have to send it to a wallet. And the sanctuary will be where they can claim that and they can get a full PSD of their file if they wanted to move that IP further. With Alex backing everything.
0: And what drew you to the, the team, the project?
1: Initially, it would be when uh, in February, and I decided that I'm going to go be a degen, I'm going to join as many servers as I can. And I found this one where I was actually OG on it. So there was only 100 people on the server. And I think the same thing that attracted me there was the deer pack. So it was like 100 of us. We all talked to each other. We got to know each other. So there's that human aspect and I saw Alex in there every day and Alex is the founder. So that's probably the difference is that every other NFT group, I was talking to moderators and they're great and all, but the founder is like nowhere to be seen. And like the only thing they do is drop announcements. So I really like that Alex was pretty much there answering all the questions. And I gotta say, I like the art. I liked how he talked. He didn't sound robotic. And I just wanted a Web3 job to see how it would be. And they offered it to me.
0: Yeah, by the way, by the way, I don't know how you do it. Because you're super active in both communities. <laughs> and my and my dinosaur brain can barely keep up in one. So kudos to you and your ability to be borderline machine about you know, running a community over there as like the community mod and then also being super active with us in the tier pack.
1: I think it's it's easy and I don't know how else to describe it, but if you enjoy it, the task gets really easy, right? So it's not like anyone's bending my arm. Like you need to send a hundred messages a day to remain a member of this community And the same thing over with COU and with Alex, he's not forcing us to do anything. He's not saying you have to run these events. You have to run these Twitter spaces. All of this is voluntary to a certain extent. I feel a duty to them because he entrusted me with this role. But besides that, we're very autonomous, I guess, is how I would put it. And can't really get that with many groups.
0: No that makes sense um, all right so you've been in the space for about eight months now
1: Yeah, I'm a baby
0: <laughs> What's your uh, what's your fir- what's your biggest piece of advice for someone new to the
1: space? biggest piece of advice Probably just do it. Probably just do it and don't have any regrets for doing it because at the end of the day even if you get rugged, or scammed. At least you got to learn something new and maybe you made some friends along the way.
0: Yeah. Okay. I like it. I like it. And what's your biggest regret so far in the eight months in this space?
1: What's my biggest regret? I don't think I have one. Is that,
0: is that too optimistic? I don't think I have
1: one. No. No, I think I've done, I think I've done everything pretty okay so far. I think I landed myself in some pretty cool groups. I'm not over invested, so, like, if anything goes to zero, I'm not gonna cry about it. (laughs)
0: Yeah, well, I think you're in a good spot then, because I don't think everyone can say that (laughs) uh, about their investments in in NFTs. Um, You know, I think, um, I think it's great advice in terms of just kind of jumping in with a wide-eyed curiosity. And, you know, you make mistakes along the way, but um, find a good community to land in and it, it makes it like infinitely better and easier to do it because you can talk to folks and have support if something goes wrong or you're not sure about something.
1: Yeah, I think if you make uh, friends in the space, then generally you'll get out okay because if you all got Rugged, then, I mean, you get you have something to talk about now and like the group of you, right, the ruds group can... Can go to another community, and hopefully that doesn't happen again.
0: <laughs> do you think Web three is going to be something? Obviously, we can't tell the future. Do you do you foresee this being something that uh, you want to be a part of for a, a really long time?
1: Uh, I think so. I think it's really interesting. Uh, there's so much more to the technology than what I can even like comprehend and understand. So even like before our talk, I didn't even think that. Web3 and health data is something that like could go together. Like for me, the biggest thing that could have happened is if they put all the concert tickets into NFTs so that if I'm buying a concert ticket online, I know it's not like a fake, right? I can go back to the contract and I can see it. And I thought if they could just do that for me, that would be like so advanced. And then to hear about the medical advances that could happen too, I think it's just all so cool.
0: Yeah. You know, you think about like supply chain, let's say there's a E. coli outbreak with the lettuce in your grocery store and they want to know where it came from. There's a world where that's all tracked on the blockchain and we know exactly what farm it Mm -hmm. came from, when it came, when it, when it left that farm, where that farm sent all, all of it to. And right now it's like, you'd be surprised. A lot of that stuff is just like paper files that are, Stamped and stored somewhere old school, like, right. And there's a world where it's, (laughs) it's digital and automated and, and a history of it can be found. Right. So a lot of cool use cases, um, in society, and obviously this whole NFT thing is just the tip of the iceberg. Um, and there's just a whole nother aspect of it that has yet to be unlocked or really benefited from for for people in their day-to-day lives.
1: Yeah, probably when it becomes more easily accessible. So like transitioning all those paper files over, it's going to cost a lot of money. So until there's a solution to that or until the benefits really outweigh the costs and whoever owns that business can see that the benefits outweigh your current costs is is not probably going to happen anytime soon. <laughs>
0: Yeah, 100% agree with that. Well, um, I usually end these by giving the interviewee kind of an open platform. Is there anything that you want to shout out?
1: Anything that I want to shout out? Um, I want to shout out Peachy and Lebowski for creating Deer Pack, because without Deer Pack, I probably wouldn't meet all these cool people like Joey, Rooney, and Sally. Um, and yeah, and I guess Dalin. Prado too. Uh, big shout out to COU Children of Ukio because without them, I probably wouldn't have the funds to actually mint so many Deer Pack. <laughs> Don't tell Alex.
0: What's uh? What's the Twitter handle?
1: Uh, Twitter handle is at Children of Ukio.
0: And how do you spell Ukio?
1: It's U K I Y O.
0: Yeah, put you on the spot there. Thanks. Uh... I'm Pretty
1: shit at spelling too. <laughs>
0: I, well, you know, if people get rugged, uh, it's because you didn't know oh, how to spell. Oh, goodness.
1: All right, we'll uh, go to my Twitter, and then I link it somewhere in there.
0: <laughs> yeah, what's your Twitter if people want to follow you?
1: Uh, my Twitter phonetically spells out Tina Wynn, So it's T-E-A-N-U-H-W number one, and then the letter N.
0: All right. I'll put it in the description so people can find it. Um, and then the the last question I ask is, it's very deep, so I want like the most amazing answer ever. Uh, what do we need to see in this world to make it a better place?
1: Can I pick two things? It would be patience and understanding. So I think if you have a little patience, everything will smooth itself out eventually. And if you could take a moment and just understand the situation, it'll probably be okay.
0: Those are two things that the world can do a lot more of or use a lot more of. Uh, the only sad part is we live in a world where patience is pretty much non-existent with how fast everything is, how, how much on-demand information there is from social media. Like we've lost the ability to have patience in society almost. So I think that's great. And that's great advice. Well, um, if you want to learn more about COU, Children of Yukio, you know, go find Tina on Twitter, follow her and then find the Discord for the project she's community mod for. And I agree, the art is amazing. I have a rule that once I interview someone, I try to get an NFT from whatever project they're affiliated with. So I'm gonna have to hop off of here and, and go pick up a, a child of the Yukio universe and add it to my collection.
1: Good, Good. We're, we are primed for sweeping I'm, at the moment. There's no <laughs>
0: sweeping that's gonna happen. However, I will pick up one off the floor <laughs> to continue the tradition, and so you won't ever see me interview Board Ape Yacht Club <laughs> because I simply cannot afford anything in that collection, nor will I ever be able to afford anything.
1: We're talking collection. about Fonds so, are going to sixty nine ETH, and then it's gonna be easy.
0: <laughs> you know, if Fons go to sixty nine ETH, I'm gonna I'm gonna take the proceeds of at least three of them and just donate them directly to charity. Aww. Because it, the project deserves it so much and like the 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 good the good vibes of the project and what they're building deserves to be spread to good organizations which cherry so
1: are you gonna pick i
0: think it's a 69 uh probably stuff in the kid space you know i'm a i'm a firm believer from like a return on investment perspective that like i want to invest all my like Time and energy into the youth of society because if they grow up healthier and happier, that just means the world will be healthier and happier uh, in the future too. So um, I could care less about myself in like that kind of way, but kids and nephews and nieces and and all that stuff, you know, I want to devote most of my time to helping um, them grow up in a better spot.
1: That's that's a very adorable. How about you? Where answer. would you where would you oh, donate instantly it? Instantly to dogs. <laughs>
0: okay that would be next right i would be like any
1: any shelter or like animal rescue around the area and be like you get some money you get some money any dog at the the kill shelters i'm like i'm adopting all of them we're opening a farm and we're just gonna raise all of them (laughs) if people want to adopt them that's cool but if not i'll just keep all of them it's fine (laughs)
0: Yeah, I call bullshit. You're gonna keep them all and not let anyone adopt. No, they any can't of them.
1: adopt if you're gonna they have like,
0: want to. <laughs> you're gonna have like 60 of them, and you're gonna be their pack leader. <laughs> you're gonna be walking through the field, and they're all gonna be following you. I know exactly what's. I mean, that's happen. what happened
1: with like, Kimchi don't... and calories. i I was fostering them, and I totally was supposed to give them back, and and now I have them forever. <laughs>
0: uh well kimchi is adorable so at at a minimum join our discord family and see copious amounts of pictures of cute puppies and delicious looking food and tina is probably our number one supplier of both of those (laughs) images so um thank you again for joining us on this thanks for having me uh it's always yeah it's always super fun to learn more about people in our community and one last question who should we bother next to come on the podcast?
1: Who should you bother next?
0: Anything about Alex? should we ask him?
1: He'll do it. you can ask you think Alex so? yeah he's a he's all a great right. talker. you need to carve out like three hours for him.
0: okay well, I can at least give him an hour <laughs> three hours maybe not but all right you're gonna have to help me out and uh dangle the dangle the bait in front of him see if he Oh, bites. it'll
1: be that'll be pretty easy.
0: All right. All right. Well, Tina, thank you so much. I know it's late. So I appreciate this. And uh, I look forward to introducing this episode to the rest of our community.
1: Sounds good.